Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, <laughs> and welcome to episode number 50. We are middle aged. I am your host, Bree at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by Miss Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hello, Brittany. Hello, everyone. And Meredith is with us as well, drinking some wine tonight at MK on Sports. Hi, Meredith. Ooh. Cheers. In my Cleveland Cheers. Browns tumbler. Cheers. We're 50. 50. Look, we look good for 50, all right? We do. <laughs> all right. Well, we join you all. This is a Monday evening recording live, and we just spent a day after a Browns loss to the Raiders, 16 to 6. Um, for the first time this season, they lost a game they probably should have won. And we all collectively felt like this was probably the most annoying game of the year thus far. And for a lot of different reasons, it felt way more similar to a Hugh Jackson or Freddie Kitchens game. And we all know how those went. So what made it so annoying? Well, (laughs) to be frank, everything. But let's be specific. We are going to start with the defense. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I just interrupt for a second? I was getting this rundown ready today and I was so depressed doing it. This was the most depressing thing. Like looking up these numbers specifically for the defense, because we're going to get to one person specifically who historically we've been very kind to in the past. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh, God. <laughs> she has been licking her chomps waiting oh, she's for this. Love it. Love it. And I just, man, some of these numbers, guys, they're just, the defense is jarring. It's, it's stunning how bad they are. But I digress. No, it's okay. Because honestly, you didn't need to look at the stats. If you just watched the game, you, it, it was, it was torture, oh. torture. We could not get off the field. And the Raiders, they just milked that clock. So, obviously, the weather was a factor going into the game. That's all anyone talked about. Weather, weather, weather. Yes. One would have thought the Browns would have had an advantage with a West Coast team coming in who doesn't have to deal with these weather situations. Yes. But nonetheless, uh, felt like Las Vegas had a better game plan than the Browns did. They ran the ball. They ate at the clock. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who they've talked about not really being a huge factor in terms of a great running back this year in terms of uh, yards per carry. I think he was only averaging like three, 3.6 going into the game. Well, he had 128 yards on 31 carries freaking tore us up. Mm. The Browns defense gave up a total of 309 yards. And the most shocking of this all, and it definitely felt like it, by the way, if you watch the game, they were on the field for 38 minutes. <laughs> How many minutes are in an actual game? Do we need to remind everyone? What is it, 60? 60 total. 60. Thank you. Also, I will say, and I know this just because of timing for our broadcasts, yesterday's game was the shortest game from start to finish. Like it ended before it was so four o'clock. Quick. Mm-hmm. So, quick. yeah. But it felt like it took 10 years. Yeah, there were other games that started at the same time. That when the Browns ended, there was still like 11, 12, 14 minutes left in those games. And I'm like, what happened? Did we enter a time warp? What? How did this yeah, happen? Browns, <laughs> like Browns games were averaging, they were ending around like four fifteen ish, and on Sunday this game against Las Vegas ended. And I, I'm a clock watcher, ended at like three fifty one or something like that. And I was looking at that and I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's 
this game has only not even been three hours and i feel like i've aged so much yeah like so i've had 12 birthdays since the beginning of this game (laughs) (laughs) so well also it was daylight savings time but like by the way going into this game and i will say it was the longest day ever the longest shortest game ever uh, I was up at, I think, 5.30 because little dude woke us up because, you know, in his mind, it was 6.30 still. Mm-hmm. So our day started super early. The game was really short, but felt like it took forever. I mean, maybe the Browns were impacted by the hour, the clock's turning back an hour. Yeah. Who knows? They were so sluggish. I mean, they were they were possessed from all the souls on Halloween. I don't know. Oh my gosh, someone, yeah, someone snapped. They were, they were haunted. It was, they were haunted and their demons had not been exercised. It was one of those games where like you hope that you have something else to do while watching it. I did <laughs> because sitting through it, like I, you know, I, I wasn't at home when I was watching it. So I just had to sit there and park my ass on the chair and just endure it. And it was like, does this ever, is there an upside to this at any point? Like that, at that point, you would need to like bring your cross stitch with you or Next something. Next time I know <laughs> to bring something with me because that is that a coloring was- book. Coloring book, <laughs> yeah. So I did actually use that strategy, Brittany. I So little dude also turned five over the weekend. So we were having just close family over for cake and for dinner and stuff. So I was cooking dinner the almost the entire game until the fourth quarter to be exact. But I will say that that actually calmed me mm-hmm. because I wasn't super hyper-focused on how horrible they look. I was distracted a little bit. So I will say that that actually was a very good tactic. So definitely one to consider if this becomes a trend. God, I hope it doesn't. And like, you think, you know, you have your phones on you all the time. So when something's boring you or like, it's just you, whatever, you just get on your phone and it's like an escape. But like you get on social media during the Browns game and it's just like a flood of negativity. And I'm like, where do I yes. go? What can I do? Yeah, there's no escape. <laughs> TikTok. So to get into some player specifics, Miles Garrett, who has been the biggest bright spot in the Browns defense all season long, got injured early on in the game um, and he only played 45.8% of the snaps. Mm -hmm. So we know today that that injury is not severe. Thank goodness. Um, But I do want to talk about just the impact of not having Miles Garrett on the field was definitely one that was very noticeable once he was not playing. Because as Miles Garrett goes, so does the defense. And if if Miles Garrett is out, then this defense is worse than they've been, and they have not been great. Did you guys notice the Miles Garrett effect? Yeah. Happened immediately when he was out. Well, yeah, and it was really funny because uh the announcers, you know would always say Miles Garrett's not on the field, but I mean, you didn't have to say that he wasn't on the field because it it was noticeable. It was absolutely noticeable. And, and then I think what's also kind of tough is that there have been so many points this season where the defense has made like key plays. They've gotten key turnovers. Uh, Like Denzel Ward got a turnover that won us the game one week. And it was just like, and I think at one point I even saw that towards the end of the fourth quarter, people were tweeting, man, a turnover would be great right now. And it's like, 
no, <laughs> like that's not going to happen. I just like that team was spent. And then I, I texted this in our group group chat too, like Baker Mayfield and his parka like on the sideline. Like yes. he, he looked so miserable in the cold and I've never related to Baker more in my life than I had in that moment. And I was like, I want that parka too. But yeah, I just, that defense was way too tired in the fourth quarter because I think the the Raiders had had the ball for like almost an entire quarter's worth of minutes longer than the Browns had. Like there was no way the defense was making plays just not only without Miles Garrett, but they were spent. And we went through all four seasons multiple times throughout the course of the day. So, I mean, that certainly didn't help. No, but like as far as the weather goes, because I want to talk about this for like a second, but, you know, people often talk about the AFC North, you know, and like I say that like that because that's how they talk. It's tough. It's cold. It's, you know, all this stuff. But you never see, you know, the Steelers. Pittsburgh has the same weather as Cleveland, really, except, for, you know, lake effect snow, and whatever. But like it's cold there. It's cold there. You never see them making excuses for anything. They don't have to because they're undefeated. And they're always historically Blech. good. I know. It sucks. They're awful. awful. Uh, but, you know, Cincinnati, again, they it's a different culture in that they've been mediocre longer than Cleveland has. But, like, still, it's it, this whole weather thing in the AFC North, it's tough. That makes me want to puke. And, you know, weather, I saw people yesterday debating whether or not Cleveland should get a dome. And I oh, that comes up all the time. I mean, good lord, it's 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 football. These guys, you, I don't know. I'm just so I'm so tired of everything. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting that you that you use the word mediocre for the Bengals because the Browns have never had that moment because there's always like you go from really bad to kind of mediocre to good. That's like your your progression when you're trying to rebuild. And the Browns have have just always been bad. And they've never given been given a chance to have that stretch of mediocrity because I mean, and honestly, that's kind of what they're in right now. They're five and three. They're over five hundred. Like, and you but know, some days handling it. They're yeah. over five hundred. They're five and three, which is better than almost everyone predicted. Yeah, um, and, and and we're still complaining. And I mean, yesterday didn't help. There was I I struggled to find bright spots on. I don't even know if I added bright spots to the rundown tonight because it was just like one thing after another and that defense man i usually like rewatch parts of the game the next day just because we talk about it and maybe i miss some things the first time and i try i wouldn't even do that today yeah i was like you know what i saw enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like the, the browns could this could be the browns mediocrity stretch right now but i think that it's like it's like the minute they're like the tiniest bit of good happens like drafting baker mayfield first overall was an exciting moment you know trading for obj was an exciting moment you know the kevin stefanski hire it's an exciting moment like all these things happen and it's like people expect to go from zero and 16 to super bowl Mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen like mm -hmm. the, the brown yeah. went one and 31 they were six and ten last year like a six and ten team going to ten and six this year is going to be a phenomenal improvement but it just feels like like even if the browns do go six and or go ten and six this year and get a spot in the wild card it just feels like it's not going to be good enough for anyone so can i ask you guys a question i know i'm getting a little bit off topic but kind of still on topic 
I added this to the end of the rundown, but it feels appropriate for this part of the conversation. So overall defense, we know that it's struggled all year, regardless of the team that we're playing against. Like if, if you if you go back and look at it, the defense has not been great against the Bengals second game of the year. I mean, they gave up over 30 points. Mm-hmm. Dallas, obviously, they let them come back into the game for a massive comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Bengals again, giving up a ton of points. And then obviously what we what we witnessed yesterday. So to me, this wasn't super surprising that the defense struggled to make stops and mm-hmm. make some key stops throughout the game. Now, granted, the, there could have been a lot more points on the board, I think, but they did hold them to only 16 points. Still not good enough. But the thing that I've been seeing people argue about on Twitter is, is this a coach's fault or is this a player issue? What do you guys think, who is more to blame for the defense in this particular moment in time? I'd say, and I wouldn't even say it's blame, but the injuries this year have, yeah. I don't, they weren't set up to fail. You know, if everyone were healthy, if everything went according to plan, I they it wouldn't be like this. But, you know, when Delpit went out, that was, that was huge because he was, Grant, he's a rookie, but he was going to be their guy. You know, you don't have him, so you have to put Sandejo in there. And my God, it's, I, again, I feel bad for the guy in a way because he, I don't think he ever expected to have this much pressure put on him. I mean, he's had, he, he's starting and that was never part of the plan. Uh, but then you have this linebacker. Court. Oh, yeah, we can, we can talk about that. I mean, like, I think I don't blame the coaching for it for the most part, because I just think you have guys out there who they can't be something that they're not you know what i mean they can't just magically be more athletic and more talented like that it doesn't work that way so you have to work with what you have and what you have right now is really banged up defense and i don't know how you could put that on the coaching um but i don't know that you really put that on the players either because they are who they are like it yeah like it's like is (laughs) Is it trying to force players into a scheme that physically aren't at that talent level? You know, like, are we trying to force something that just doesn't fit? Because sometimes that's what it feels like. Like, we have everything that is centered around Miles Garrett and mm-hmm. Denzel Ward, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And you saw what happened when Miles Garrett goes out. And then you think about it. You have one dominant cornerback. Well, the team can game plan around, okay, don't throw it to that side. Like, let's not line up against the best cornerback. because. That's it. Who else is there? And then you have a really weak linebacking core. Mm-hmm. Safety. I mean, Harrison has been great. I will say that I will give him sure. credit. Yeah. But target wherever Sandejo is. And and then essentially, like you have the entire center of the field opened up. And, and you saw mm-hmm. Las Vegas just dominate the run game. And when Miles Garrett went out, it was non-existent. And then you can just throw these middle of the field passes and eat up five yards. Like there was yeah. there was no stopping them. Right. But like I don't know how you know coaches or players can can prevent that. Like if the talent's just not there, there's nothing coaches, they can't work with something they don't have. Right. Yeah. And the players can't be better than they, like it, it doesn't work that way. I don't, <laughs> it's, it's such a, this team, I think one of the most frustrating things is that at some points of this year, you've seen the Cleveland Browns look probably better than they ever have in our lifetime. 
the the first half against Dallas was just amazing. But then you also have entire games like yesterday where it doesn't look like they've improved in anything. And it's not like a slight I'm Baker did fine yesterday, I think. Um there were things that just anything that could go wrong yesterday pretty much did. But it's just frustrating to see that because you've seen the potential of this team. And then it's like, you know, one step forward, two steps back. And as fans, it's just so frustrating to watch sometimes. Yeah, you brought something up too, Brittany, that I that I want to touch on as well. You had mentioned, like, are we are we getting better? Like, are we improving? And I wanted to ask just collectively as the team to me, that's the most frustrating part is that we're now eight games into the season heading into a bye week, which the bye week could not come at better timing in my opinion, honestly, but I don't feel like we have seen like that jump and Mm -hmm. that improvement that you want to see out of your football team. And when I watch other teams in the league, I see these teams getting better, consistently getting better. And for the Browns, it's just a lot of inconsistencies. It's Mm -hmm. one week, it's the offense. One week, it's Baker Mayfield specifically. The next week, it's the defense just being horrendous. It's, It's just nothing is coming together. And I don't know if things are clicking. And to me, that I think has been the most disappointing thing about yesterday is that we don't look better than we did four games ago. Yeah. And I expected a lot more from the team, especially with the fast start we got got off to out of that first game, obviously. Yeah. No, um, I think you'd have to look at it. And I was going to ask you guys when we're talking about defense, you know, last year was rough defensively. Mm -hmm. I remember that specifically. There was a lot of parts of last year where I kind of just like blacked out the whole thing. And I try not to think about it, but like, I remember specifically the defense being a, a, a rough point for them. So do you think that the defense is better than it was last year? I, it's a hard question because I, you look no. at them, they're, they're five and three last year. They, they ended it with six wins on the year. So they're already like almost there right now, but you look at like the different parts and I just, I don't know. I'd say the offense is better. Um, I think they have, you know, a game plan now, which is important. Um, you have Baker, who is at least it seems like he's trying to get better. And, you know, Stefanski's system seems like it's going to be beneficial to Baker. But, you know, you, you lose receivers. And yesterday with all the drops, like, I don't I don't know. It's so confusing anymore. Are we getting better, Meredith? It's hard to say. And then also, <laughs> it's really hard to say. I need another glass. And also, it's really hard. Looking at last year's defense is also really hard because they were without Miles for half the year. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into the San Francisco game, like before the Browns faced the 49ers. Ooh. I had, I know that was a tough game, but before that game, I felt so confident about that defense. Like our secondary felt stacked because what was it? The first, second, third games of the year, almost the entire starting line on the defense was injured. So it was all backups and they were playing great. And I was sitting there saying like, 
defense has got this miles has got this we're good and then it just that monday night football game against the 49ers happened and it felt like everything just went downhill from there um but the one thing i did text you guys earlier today that um at least our uh, the trick plays are better this year because how many times did uh freddie kitchens call those trick plays the failed shovel and they passes. never <laughs> never worked but hey the browns are kevin stefanski's three for three on those banana plays so stefanski <laughs> is better at cutesy plays than <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the takeaway that's from the measure um i mean and then like well also let's so okay so let's bring this up because this is another thing that i wanted to talk about tonight was the 2019 draft class okay da, 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 let me pull it up so in 2019, the Browns drafted Greedy Williams, Sione Takitaki, Shedrick, Sheldrick Redwine, which is what I was drinking and now I'm out. Um, Mac Wilson. Sheldrick Redwine. It's you guys. It's been it's been a rough few days for me. I'm telling you. Uh, Mac Wilson, Austin Seibert, Drew Forbes, Donnie Lewis, Jr. Yeah. When was Callaway? Was he drafted? Or was that he, 18? He was 2018. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's Mr. Mulligan was 2018. Um, but yeah, like who, who, so we've got Greedy, Sione, Sheldrick, Mac Wilson. We have that from that. Like Austin Cyber. Let's just talk about him. Can we just address the elephant in the room? Yes, let's talk about Mac Wilson. Wilson. I'm so angry with you right now. I am like your mother. I am so disappointed. Can I I read something for you guys? Because I didn't put them on the the rundown. And I just wanted to share this because, you know, some things you don't realize are as bad as they are until like numbers hit you in the face. And I feel like I, I like somebody took a sledgehammer to my mind today. So this is I'm looking at Mac Wilson's numbers for this year, guys. Prepare yourself. He has let's see solo tackles twelve. He's tied for eighty fourth in the league. Um, assists six. He's tied for sixty second in the league. Uh, his overall. Oh God, <laughs> his overall ranking, like this is for this is on PFF, is twenty nine point one. Oh wow, that is you're failing. That's fail. You're failing. Twenty nine, and just to be, I can't even say to be fair because I looked at the other defense. But guys, they're not much better. I mean, twenty nine yeah. is one of the lowest they've ever seen, I think, but. I think Sandeo is sitting at like 41 and Taki Taki might be at like 49 or something. I mean, it's just, it is shocking. Honestly, this is the only consistent thing about this team is how consistently bad the defense has been. It, it, that's honestly the only thing that, that has been consistent. It's the yeah, defense I mean, being consistent. And it just it puts way too much pressure on the offense because they have to score 40 or more points just to ensure a win because the defense are going to give up 30, 40 points. Yes. So. Okay, so Mac Wilson, he's uh. really good at tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> and like posting hype, hype things on Instagram. Listen, like we, we got caught up 
in the hype. We did. And in his heart. And this is why you can't fall in love with men's yes. potential. You have to <laughs> made fall us, in love made us look like a fool. with what's there. When you, you get lost. I've learned this in my 20s. And I'll never forget it. And I need to apply it to these players as well. You can't look at what somebody can be. You have to take them for what they are. And I'm, I'm sorry. We're relatively positive all the time. We yeah. try to see the best in people, you know, especially with Mac because he has such a good heart. But you look at the numbers and guys, this is just unacceptable. I didn't okay. know it was this bad. I mean, yesterday it was pretty glaring. You know, I, I was sitting there and I'm, I'm watching and I'm like, at one point I even said, is Mac Wilson playing? <laughs> and the only time, him and Talky Talk, the only time I remember that those two are even on the defense is when they do something stupid. And I'm like, oh, there he is. And it's it's to that point now where, you know, I feel like we've, we've been given Sandeo such a hard time this year when there are people around him. That, I mean, we're kind of ignoring a little bit, but he made one tackle yesterday, no. though. Sandejo got one tackle, man. And I was just I was so proud of him. Um, Listen, I wrote in the rundown, I said, the, the bar is the floor for this <laughs> defense. So, like, if they just show up and do, like, one or two things good, we're like, yes. We can, like, cling to this one or two good thing defense and rely on the offense to score 40 points. Which, just saying that out loud now, I, I realize how absurd it sounds that that would be a plan to success. Just hope that your offense can score 40 points a game. And but that's and, we are. and you can and the offense can do that when they have OBJ and Nick Chubb, but we are currently without either of those men. Uh hopefully, hopefully Nick Chubb will return after the bye week. Um, yeah. but you know, OBJ is he's done for the season, and then there's no telling there's no telling where he's gonna be. So next year. Do you guys remember though? I think it was before the season started, it was right before. I believe the linebacking core. I don't know who said it, where it came from, but it was called out that the Browns had the worst linebacking core in the entire league. And that was before I remember the injury Wilson, too. Yes. And I remember Mac Wilson specifically like reach quote tweeting that or something. Yeah. I remember. I and like remember. now I'm like, I'm like cringing for him. So like, I'm like, so he's like, Oh, let's, let's make him look stupid or something. And then we're all like, yeah, Mac, tell him buddy. Yeah. <laughs> now here we are. <laughs> we're like, you played yourself, buddy. Well, I guess it goes back to Nick Chubb's when he Batman. when he was talking. Well, yeah, Nick Chubb. He always said that there's a reason that Lamborghinis don't advertise, yeah. and you've got Zioni Taki Taki and Mac Wilson out here advertising because they have to. <laughs> like 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 Angie said earlier in the chat, they're they're getting us with their potential. They always get you with the potential. I'm telling you, we gotta stop falling in love with potential, ladies. It never works out. Yeah, I'm gonna write that. And make it into a motivational poster. Uh, yes. Don't, don't fall in love with potential. But yeah, I mean, like Mac Wilson hyping himself up. Sioni Takitaki. Now, not as much on social media, but like in person. Sioni Takitaki is a really, really intense guy. Like, is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he can be. He was looking scary at uh, at training camp his rookie year. And, you know, that's something that you look at and you get super hype. But and you know, it's just like yeah it's talking, he's just little dude in a grown-up's body 
just <laughs> runs around, runs around recklessly, like getting in the way. Um, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's our entire I, offer. This it, entire it, defense that you just discussed. <laughs> <laughs> running over each other, making bonehead plays. Uncoordinated, like looking uncoordinated and unathletic. Like that, like they're just a bunch of toddlers. Can we, just call, can we right call them all little dude from now on? <laughs> we might have yeah, to. I think little dude actually might actually, he might actually hit someone. <laughs> he, like on the soccer field on Saturday for his last game, he was flying all over the place, knocking people over. I think at one point yesterday, um, Denzel Ward, Sandeo blew something, and Denzel just sort of looked at him like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Imagine what it feels like to wake up and and have to be Denzel Ward. And you're just like, oh, man, got to go save the defense again. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about pressure, that poor guy. I mean, he's going to be on the IR with an injured back from carrying the defense on it the entire time. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the best history of of injuries anyway. And then you're putting everything on this one little guy to, like, (laughs) pull you through. And it's like, Wow. This is your plan. Well, I'll just hope Denzel Ward can cover everyone. Well, yeah, I mean, and even when Miles Garrett is on the field, Denzel Ward is kind of on an island because the offensive line from the other team, oh, they, they always have their eye on Miles, no matter what. Like, you have to. You can't take your eye off of him. Otherwise, he's going to sack your quarterback. So, I mean, even even when Matt, uh, Miles is on the field, like, Denzel's got a lot of carry to, a lot to carry on his shoulders. How much – do we know if Greedy Williams is ever coming back? I mean, he's been on IR now for three. Has it been three weeks? I, I mean, it. well, I don't remember when they put him on. I, I time is about him, time honestly. is just a construct. Like this game happened like four weeks ago, so I don't know. It's true so, simulation. We are the other thing I wanted to talk about. We talked a little bit about this last week. It still felt like we can't make tackles mm-hmm. again. Like we get to the middle of the season and the Browns somehow forget how to tackle. Yes. I don't they understand. Get, they they just get, we just get dominated physically. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Y'all are grown men. Go dominate someone. And like, they've been doing this their entire lives. Yeah. It's not like this is like a new thing. Like, what is this tackling? No, like they've been doing it forever. And they, now they just, I think, it, a weird thing that I've noticed and like it's in college football too, but like they tackle to like strip the ball rather than like trying to actually tackle guys like, you know, from the bottom. Like, and I don't, it, the Brown, they just don't seem to get it. Cause everyone wants to be a hero. Like everyone wants to be the but one that even... causes that fumble. Everyone wants to be the one that covers the recovers the fumble. Like it, it's egotistical play to go for the ball and not the player. Yeah, but when the standard, like, when the standard's the floor, like, you can just tackle people, and we'll cheer, and we'll be super happy that you made a tackle. But not that's in their the mind. Thing, like, that's not in their mind, Great. I, okay. So, the other thing that was noticeable to me was just the back-breaking penalties, again, as well. Like, it felt like... So I think we have prided ourselves this year for being more disciplined and and having less penalties, but it felt like in the game yesterday, there were some critical penalties that were called mm-hmm. that were just backbreaking. A lot of offsides. And one of them, a lot of offsides. Yeah. Um, Valerio Ogunjobi, 
man, he got a tough break with the face mask call. Like, I get it. That one sucked because he had the sack. And that essentially was just offset by the by the hands of the face penalty or face mask, whatever the hell it was. But it's just like little things like that, that again, they just wreck the game. It like just puts it so far out of reach, backbreaking time and time again. I don't know. I know that the, I think the Browns are, I think they're like off until Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. Um, they're getting a few days break from the bye week, but man, if I was, I was Kevin Stefanski, like the minute they're back, I'd have them running suicides and doing tackle drills. Like I'd like force them to go back to the basics because it's just Sunday was unacceptable. Like it would have been one thing to have lost if they were playing well, but they weren't playing well. And I think that's, I think that's one of the reasons why we're so angry and we're so upset. And that's, and that's why we've been so angry and so upset with all three of the losses that the Browns have suffered this year is because they have looked so terrible. It's (laughs) night and day. It's, you know, one, one week they look like a playoff team and the next week they look like little dudes, peewee team. Like it's, We don't know who we are. Like, who are we? Who is this team? Remember like four weeks ago when we were excited about having an identity? Yeah, we're like, man, we have an identity now, guys. Yeah, we are was- like going to playoffs. And now we're like, who are we? <laughs> we have an identity <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with, with this team. Like, I just, I'm just so confused. I'm so confused. Um, okay, should we switch gears to the offense? I know we had like a bullet point here about Sendejo, but we don't even need to talk we about need to- it. because i again that poor guy that poor guy he never meant he never wanted any of this right come and hang out on the sidelines and get a paycheck and now everyone (laughs) hates him everyone hates him i mean yeah his pay i think i looked up his contract his paycheck is like 11 million a year or something like that so i don't feel too bad for him like i don't know if i got paid if I got paid $11 million to suck at my job, I'd be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I like, I was, I was feeling bad for him for a second until one of my colleagues pointed that out. And I was like, yeah, you're right. If I sucked at my job, I'd get fired. <laughs> Not get paid yeah, $11 like, million. There's got to be something so embarrassing. Like if I suck at my job, I do it privately. Like, you know, a handful of people know. <laughs> But sucking at your job on TV every Sunday where everyone can watch you be terrible, like, I don't know if you could pay me enough to to do that. Like, $7 million for me to run around and, like, make an ass of myself. I, I don't know that I would, I don't know if money's that important to me. I don't know. I'd have to really consider it. <laughs> like, is okay. this worth my pride? It might. I don't know. I feel like people have done a lot more for a lot less. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely not outperforming his contract. That's for sure. That is for sure. Um, Before we move off from the defense, I did want to bring this up because we're obviously hours away from the trade deadline. And right now there hasn't been any movement from the Browns in terms of trades. And we, I believe, have all felt a dire need to get this defense some help. Do you guys think it's likely that any trades will be happening tomorrow? Because I tweeted about this earlier today and I just don't see it happening. I don't think that Andrew Barry is going to make a significant 
trade tomorrow because I truly don't think that they felt like this was a year for them mm-hmm. to truly be competitive in the long run. And I don't think they want to give away assets. And plus the other thing that needs to be brought up is the, um, the cap is going down next year due to COVID. So mm-hmm. I just knowing who this front office is and the nerds, the analytics, I just can't see them giving away assets, knowing what next year's structure is going to look like. I, but I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. I don't expect any huge trades. Like, I think if they do, it'll be like really kind of small, not necessarily something that's going to help the team out right away. Just because, and you hit the hit, the nail on the head a few times, like cap space is an issue. Um, getting teams to take over contracts is an issue. Like the, like anyone who thinks that OBJ is getting traded tomorrow is dumb because uh, no one is going to pick up the contract of a player that's with a torn ACL who's out for the rest of the year. Like that's no one's going to pick up that contract. That's not happening. Um, But also just the COVID regulations required to get somebody cleared and into the building is a lot more than people realize like that, that new collective bargaining agreement to protect players is massive like jc treader did a great job with it so i think that with the covid regulations the cap space just i mean and a lot of teams are banged up like i forget i think there's like several teams that are like on their third string quarterbacks right now so i'm grateful that the browns are still with baker mayfield and we're not having to like go to the practice squad um but i just i just don't see a lot of big trades if yeah, any, as a re- happening at all as, yesterday, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday. As a reminder, it took what three games to get Ronnie Harrison more involved yeah. in the defense. So they made that trade for him, and and he didn't really play that much. So I just struggle with if that is their mindset, and they're going to trade, bring someone in on the team. I can't imagine them having a, an immediate impact because they haven't been utilizing or changing up players all that much. And we're going to talk about this. I have some questions for you guys when we when we get to the offense. But Brittany, do you do you see any like do you see anything differently? No, for the most part, I think you guys pretty much nailed it. I don't think there if anything, and even this is kind of a long shot, but up until hmm, I don't know, I don't think. Do you guys think Najoku is going to get dealt? I mean, not after his performance yesterday. His his who wants him? Yeah, his stock is way too low. Um, I don't think that he would get traded just because what the Browns want in return for him. I don't think that teams would be willing to give up. I mean, yeah, but like they wouldn't just look at like you know yesterday's performance or even just this. They would look at his body of work. I think. Um, but I just I remember specifically not this past game, but the when he caught that touchdown pass, and it was so weird. After he did it, he just went back to the sidelines and like he looked so miserable. Yeah, I could see them doing that if he's just bad for the yeah, locker like, room. He doesn't, you know? like, he doesn't care anymore. And like that struck me. You that was something that. in that game that I was like, whoa, that was like weird. I mean, we talk about body language, but that was like <laughs> blatant. He looked like he did. He would have rather been anywhere in the world other than on that field making that touchdown. catch. Like it was just it was bizarre. So like for the past, I'm like, well, you know. If he does something, I think that could be it. Um, as far as like beefing up the defense, no. 
Um, I think they're going to sit and wait and, and evaluate when the season's over, because like you said, um, I don't think that they planned for this to be, you know, this is the year that we're going to go all in and, you know, Super Bowl bound, whatever, uh, regardless of what the fans think, like the guys in charge didn't have the same game plan as, as we all did. And I'd like to remind everyone that they're a lot smarter and it's a lot harder to run and build a team than, you know, Joe B four, eight, six, five, five on Twitter thinks it is because everyone thinks that they could do a better job than Andrew Barry, apparently. And, you know, I th- what do they think happens at trade deadline that Andrew Barry just sits on his phone all day, declining trades and <laughs> yes. we're just trying to throw him all these good players. And what, like, what do they think it is? I, also, I, also I they- Joe at Joe seven, two, four, six, five, six, nine, on Twitter would probably only ever draft Ohio state players too. Well, yeah, of course. Buckeye Joe 11. <laughs> if it's not, if it's not a Ohio state player, I don't want him. I'd yeah. Do I just, don't want him. just make the Browns Ohio state senior. Like, Why not? What, I, I just, I get today. I was like scrolling through again and I just see all these people, Andrew Barrett, I, you know, in his defense, like Joe three seven five, he's built as many good teams as Andrew Barry has. Well, you, the, Andrew Barry has the title. Andrew Barry's thirty three and running an NFL team. You know, like, what website sorry, Joe, Joe five eight five doesn't have the same qualifications. He just doesn't. You know what website I miss? Well, they, they run fantasy leagues, Brittany. Come on, like Madden. That is, okay, they that is their Madden. resume. That's so this, this never existed for the NFL. It only existed one week. <laughs> I'm qualified. Sorry, Meredith. So this website only existed for hockey for the NHL, but it may have been the greatest website to ever exist. It was called General Fanager, and it was literally just people. I mean, it was almost like fantasy, but there was like no betting. But it was just like constantly throughout the season. It was like the um, the trade machine that you have in the NBA. Like you just type in scenarios and it pops out and it comes out with like all these like stats and probabilities of like what this team would look like and whether or not this trade can be done. And it talked about like cap space. It was just, it was like a nerd's paradise and it doesn't exist anymore. And it was only for hockey and it was great, but I would love to see like a general fanager for the NFL. And also it it, it would be great to see like all like the, you know, at, you know, Buckeye fan six, nine, six, nine on Twitter. They're you guys <laughs> hang on the Buckeyes. They look great on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for the Browns to have looked like that on Sunday. I mean, here's the thing, Brie. We love you, but like the people that get the most annoying on Twitter are like nine out of ten Ohio State fans. Like, yeah, I know they they attack me all the time for marrying a Michigan fan. So that's so dumb. Um, <laughs> so wait, there's a couple of annoying things here, like. <laughs> my favorite thing my favorite thing in the world is when fans at the browns like when adam schefter or not adam schefter yeah adam schefter ian rapaport like whenever they tweet about like a player being on the trade block and like fans tag the cleveland browns like they're gonna read oh my all God. these tweets i'm like oh my you don't God. think they know this player is available to be <laughs> Like, okay, so like, and like here's I'm the- breaking this to you first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag the Browns. Like, okay, let me. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll go a little bit Man, behind the scenes here. This. Yeah, we're gonna go a little bit. We're gonna pull the curtain back just a little bit. Um, most social media accounts for like teams and organizations and brands, even some reporters, 
like a lot of times they have their replies muted um or they just have everything muted so you can tag them until you're blue in the face they're not going to see it and then also with verified twitter accounts there's like an extra tab under your notifications where there's like your your mentions all notifications and then verify notifications so there's like a tab that only shows you other blue check marks interacting with you so yeah. like we need that blue check mark yeah. <laughs> that's why a one-on-one so obj could see that i loved him finally <laughs> <laughs> Which i didn't even know that okay so um damon he has a check on his name right mm-hmm. so the one day he had his twitter open and i didn't know that that was a, a function where like you have a, a check mark so then you you are so elite <laughs> that you only have to you don't have to concern yourself with the plebes the regular people you can just go to this little check mark you know doohickey over here and just click on that and see all the important people that tweeted you and i'm like what the hell is this but then once i realized it i was like oh my god i need one for the sole purpose of tweeting at obj and telling him that i loved him but twitter doesn't do that anymore they don't give you check marks i know know, anyway because it's an elitist thing and i would not (laughs) as much as i don't like most people (laughs) like i want them to know that they can tweet at me and okay most of my every time i tweet on that i usually mute it right afterwards so i don't like see comments anyway but i want them to feel comfortable like i'm relatable like hey guys you could tweet at me and i'll look at it i won't (laughs) but you know the options there but i didn't know this was a function until and i was like wow that is super snobby and now i want one (laughs) (laughs) but yeah most yeah most 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 like brands will have all of their notifications muted. So that's why like when you see like a company's Twitter and it's all tweets and like no replies, no quote tweets, no nothing like that. It's because their notifications are muted because whoever is running that social media account is not paid to respond. They're paid to tweet. Yeah. Like they're, those are two different jobs. Um, like if you are, and and I say this from experience, like if you're in a position where you're expected to reply that is a different job than the person who's paid to tweet so sorry guys stop adding the browns they don't care no yeah. please keep doing it because we laugh <laughs> yeah it's fun i enjoy it it does make me laugh um all right so let's shift gears to the offense um that were barely on the field yesterday 22 minutes and 17 seconds to be exact. Wolf. I've, I've actually had relationships that have lasted longer than 22 minutes. So there you go. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Relationships or... <laughs> Is that what you call it? Okay. <laughs> what the kids are saying nowadays, Bree. <laughs> um, they had a whopping total of 223 yards. Um, we did have a turnover. Um, Baker Mayfield, let's start there. Because... Mm-hmm. I think after the game yesterday, fans didn't really have Baker Mayfield to turn to in terms of blaming this game or the anyway. <laughs> Yes, they really tried. They really tried. I guess if you were to just look at his stat lines, you could come up with that conclusion. So he was 12 for 25, 122 yards. Um, very misleading, not mm-hmm. telling the whole story. So I could see how you could think that Baker had a pretty bad game. There was a total of five drop passes, I think was the official number, even though it felt like 
I don't know, 20? It, it felt like every pass was dropped. It did. I mean, yeah, and that would have just, like, that would have been such a game changer. Even <laughs> if two of those were caught, two out of those five drops were caught, that would have been an absolute game changer. And I still think that the that Jarvis's touchdown reception that got called back, like, I think he was robbed on that Ugh, one. I know. I feel I, like they made the right call on that. At first I didn't, but then like the way I was like, all right, yeah, he did not have control. I think the Najoku drop hurt worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think I was feeling okay about them calling back Jarvis's catch until what was it? Oh gosh. Who was that Raiders player that had a similar catch and they didn't call it back. That was, that was the point. And I think that was exactly the point where I tweeted that Jarvis got robbed because I was like, well, if you're going to yeah. call back Jarvis's touchdown, yeah. you needed to call that one back too. Yeah. No, I David Najoku looks like at times a tyrannosaurus rex trying to catch a football like his <laughs> arms are like attached yes and like he's you know he doesn't he doesn't extend them i'm like just extend your hands what are you doing it hits him in the chest and then it just he's like a rock it like hits him and just falls maybe he's too hard see guys this is why you can't be too muscly because yes! it like goes off of you you're not you need to have a little bit of snug to you just to like yeah. catch things. Oh, yeah, yeah you know, the, like you know, the saying, like, oh, you can bounce a quarter off of it. Well, I guess yeah, you can bounce would you a quarter off do that? <laughs> Imagine doing yeah. that. <laughs> Imagine being that hard of a human that like things just. <laughs> Brittany, I wish we were friends when I was dating chat because oh, no. you would have saved me from so wait, many bad wait, decisions wait. i never would have let you date someone named chet that <laughs> exactly. makes i haven't thrown up in like 30 years but the name chet <laughs> makes me want to puke chet 100 percent has a rock body yeah that's the, sure. yeah he was a he was a, sure. uh, he was, he was a gym I rat him as like this fat idiot <laughs> No, no was, I picture like total like he was, meathead. He was, yeah, he was, I think I mentioned this on the pod like two weeks ago, but yeah, he was like the the frat boy gym rat that, that I dated. Huh? Is he Swedish? I don't know, but he had blonde hair and blue eyes, so maybe. He was probably so, okay. Yeah, see, I, I knew it. Chet, but like in my mind, he was like this weird fat guy. <laughs> like, I, 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 I needed girl gang when I was like 23. I would have <laughs> I would have been saved from so many horrible decisions. <laughs> how did we get here his drop his horrible drop pass that was killer and that's the other thing about the drop passes it wasn't just how many of them there were it was the times that they came they were the most inopportune dropped passes that could have existed i just like how do those stars align that way for the browns I don't know. It's like yesterday. I mean, yesterday specifically, it was like everything that could go wrong did. And I really felt like after that Nijoku drop, like that was the turning point for me. Because up to that point, it felt like, you know, there was there were chances. Like, okay, we can still turn this around. We could still make this, you know, it's not too far out of reach yet. There's still a chance. And then after that one, like, I don't know. That one sort of was like the gut punch for me. And I was yes. like, all right, this is over. Let's just try to end this with, you know, a little bit of dignity or something. But that was it. And I... Man, I'd like to yeah. have that one back. His Bears receivers and even Kareem Hunt, I think, dropped um, dropped a pass. And then Harrison Bryant fumbled on the first offensive drive of of the game. Like yeah. Baker, like Baker Mayfield, his playmakers didn't help him at all yesterday, no. and it was really, really disappointing to see. But I thought, I thought Baker, he was clean in the pocket. He didn't really have a ton of pressure. Um, he stepped up. He he made right decisions at times. It just it just didn't bounce his way unfortunately um 
were you guys surprised? So a week ago, we saw Hollywood Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones step up in a really big way Mm -hmm. in the game. Obviously, after the OBJ injury going down, made some key plays, were on the field for a ton of time. We saw very little of them yesterday. Yeah. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones only played four snaps and Higgins, while well, he played 35 snaps, I believe he only had three targets. So they were definitely underutilized. I expected to see a lot more of them yesterday, even with the impending weather. I know that the game plan probably wasn't going to be throw heavy just based on the climate. Mm-hmm. Um, however, DPJ has been a really solid run blocker and pass blocker. So I thought if nothing else, he would be on the field more from just an overall impact player. Mm -hmm. So I was surprised by that. I don't know if you guys felt that way as well, but it definitely felt like the only players we had on the field were Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, and Harrison Bryant at times. Yeah, it was a strange decision for sure. And then I think the, I don't know if the, I forget what the stat was, but I think they said the longest completed pass at any point yesterday was 20 or 24 yards, you know, and there's no reason why DPJ couldn't have been on the field catching you know five six yard passes like i mean that's how i mean that's how the raiders ate up the clock and marched down the field is that Derek carr was throwing like three yards and then four yards and then seven yards like he wasn't throwing long balls and like there was at one point where he ran like a maniac but you know for the most part that's one of the reasons why they spent so much time on the field and marched down the field so easily and i just i was sitting there and i was wondering like why like why are why is Kevin Stefanski not calling similar plays? Like yeah, I would get the Raiders defense. Sorry, Meredith, cut you up, but like okay. the Raiders defense was. I think they give up thirty points a game as well. Yeah, I mean, and when you when you don't have Nick Chubb, you can't. I mean, we saw that you can't really put the entire run game on Kareem Hunt's back. Like mm-hmm. he is a good running back, but he's not good enough to handle the entire run game all by himself. Like and and that's. I think also a testament to just him being double triple teamed because I'm sure their defense were were expecting that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if Nick Chubb was on the field, it would have been a completely different story, but he wasn't there. So yeah, when you have these receivers that have stepped up and done well, like I just, it didn't make sense to me why Kevin Stefanski wasn't calling similar plays and just having Baker throw short passes, uh, to even to Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry would have easily caught a five yard pass. You know, like it's just, uh, I should coach this team. <laughs> <laughs> Send me in. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, we, I put this on the rundown, but we were talking about uh, cream hunt and mm-hmm. I saw today that somebody in the Cleveland media, they don't cover uh, the Browns, but I saw a tweet by them today and they said, cream hunt has been such a disappointment. Mm. And I, that's harsh. Yeah, I don't think that's yeah, don't think fair. So. Um, to that's- call him a disappointment, that's that's strong. I think what you have is, you know, when you have Hunt and Chubb together, they work really well as a tandem. And, you know, Nick Chubb is sort of in a class almost by himself. Like there's maybe, you know, two other running backs that I would put in the same class as him where his ability to just make something out of nothing is – incredible okay and it's not like i'm there's nothing wrong with kareem hunt but we're seeing just how valuable nick chubb is and how much the offense goes around him and it's really like we're we're so lucky and blessed to have him but when he goes down 
you know, week by week, I think we're just starting to feel it and see it a little bit more what that does to this team. And I cannot wait for him to come back. But yeah. this is the cream husband disappointment. That was strong and unfair. Think. So I think that that's the type of opinion that gets formed when you only look at stats and highlights and you're not actually watching the game from beginning to end. Because no, his stats aren't awesome, but that's because he was sharing time with Nick Chubb mm. or, you know, and then when Nick Chubb is not on the field, like he, you know, he's not being able to rip off 30, 40, 50 yard runs. Like he's good at getting first downs which is exactly what we need from him but yeah it's it just saying that he's been a disappointment to me that sounds like someone who's not necessarily watching the games and it's just someone who is looking at stats and highlights yeah yeah i have a couple of theories as well to piggyback off of what you guys said so the injuries obviously have been a huge impact on both the offense and the defense but you have to think that a lot of the game planning and schemes were built around specifically Nick Chubb and a lot of it probably around OBJ. Mm -hmm. And so this was really the, I don't know, the first game where you were fully missing both of them. And to your point, Meredith, like Kareem Hunt is not the same back as Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is a hard-nosed runner. He likes to find the open gaps. And Kareem Hunt, I would say, is more of a speed, pass-catching running back. Probably doesn't cut as well as Chubb does and find those holes. Now, on the flip side, Chubb is not a receiving running back necessarily. So that's where I think when you use them in tandem, it's really beneficial. Yeah. And to have them both both potentially lined up at the same time it's also hard to, throws... It's hard to defend yeah, both of them. Exactly. Yeah. Remember so the I do, game, the first one? Yes. Oh, my God. Like, that sure. was beautiful. It was like a clinic of running back. And it was just the, the way they started and finished, like, going in and out. And it was just – it was wonderful to see. And we're really missing yeah. that. Yeah. And so I think, like, Kevin Stefanski, he has probably had to do a lot of on-the-fly adjustments of building what this offense should look like without missing – without having two of his key players. So again, I think the bye week coming now is probably the perfect time for them to rethink the playbook and figure out how they're going to have to rescheme things. And again, this is a team that didn't have an off season to really learn the playbook, probably at the level and the depth they needed to, but now they're going to probably have to rearrange and start some things all over again, given the fact that just the roster is kind of turning over. So I hope that once we get Nick Chubb back and more importantly, Wyatt Teller, as well like we can kind of get that run game kick started again um and and fired it up and and listen obj i know didn't really have the type of stat line we wanted him to have in cleveland thus far but i will always go back to the fact that teams had to game plan for him when he was on the field mm -hmm. and so not having him on the field and not having that deep offensive threat i definitely think takes some pressure off the defense because right now we just don't have that that deep threat yeah. Yeah. And there could be a little bit of, you know, Kevin Stefanski making rookie mistakes as well. Like, I think we tend to forget. That's a lie. We don't forget. He is a first time head coach and it's a very different situation than, you know, John Gruden coming back because he had years and years and years of coaching. Um, you know, I know Mike McCarthy is not a great example, but, you know, in, in Dallas, it's they expect a lot more of him because he has a track record of being a great head coach. Same thing with Ron Rivera in Washington. Like all of these head, head coaches have had head coaching experience. This is Kevin Stefanski's first gig and it has been a meteoric rise for him uh, from Minnesota to here. So I think, and this isn't a 
bad thing necessarily. I just think we're also seeing a little bit of growing pains with Kevin Stefanski and him having mm-hmm. to figure these kinds of things out. And this is the type of thing that a veteran head coach could scheme better for. But, you know, Kevin Stefanski's not even 40 himself. So, I mean, like he, he gets a lot, like he gets a lot of leeway in my book. Yeah. God. We have you, such a young head coach and a, such yeah. a young GM. Like, I oh my mean, God. Like, both, yeah, it's a lot of learning curves. It's going to be. millennials. Like, I, I mean, Kevin Stefanski is like borderline Gen X, but like 33 and 37, those are millennial ages. We have a millennial front office over here. Well, it's wild. But yeah. yeah, it is wild. Um, the other one we wanted to touch on from an offensive perspective is Jedrick Wills. He definitely had a rough game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Very noticeable. Um, a lot of mental mistakes, the false start penalties, um, man, that was killer at the end of the game. You, you could almost, you could almost say that the Cody Parkey missed field goal was a direct result of that. Oh, Cody Parkey. I know. I I was so proud of him when he made his not so perfect Parkey. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Meredith. I know, but here's the thing. I, I am very happy for Cody Parkey just in general, because outside of, uh, the game yesterday and then the one missed extra point that he had the week before, like he has just been, he's been so good. He has been so good, which is all I wanted for him because he just, he had such a bad reputation after Chicago. So I'm I'm glad to see at least one player come to the Browns and flourish rather than Browns like players leaving the Browns and flourishing elsewhere. Yeah. yeah I'm not gonna like be mad I, at him for that. No. I feel like with Jedrick, you know, often when I talk about Colin Sexton, one thing that I heard about him that like stuck with me is that like he's usually very good, but when he's not good, he's bad very loudly. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we saw with Jedrick yesterday. Like he you know as a rookie he came in and for the most part he's been pretty solid like not a whole lot of complaints but yesterday was it was bad yesterday was a bad game from him and it was it was loud and it hurt in a lot of ways so but i'm not gonna like you know slam the panic button on him because you know it's it's one really bad game that he had but still love him still cheering for him still think he's gonna be great yeah, and I, well, again, you could expect a rookie to have games like this, right? Yeah, it, you, you probably go into the season with thinking that he's bound to have a game like this. Yeah. Unfortunately, it happened all at once. It was like a domino Everything. going off. Everything went wrong yesterday. <laughs> I think really they were just, you know, it's coming up on a bye week and they're like, man, I'm tired. It's cold. And I get it. I was tired and cold yesterday. <laughs> I didn't leave the house. I don't even have the energy to watch this game right now. And they have to play it. I get it. Oh my God. Yeah. It was miserable in Cleveland yesterday. It was miserable a little bit today too, but like, yeah, yeah, the weather was, I I know the weather is people get sick of that conversation, but it was weird. It sucked. It was terrible. I was watching some um, election coverage today. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Well, they were in Cleveland. That's why I was watching. Like I saw that. And the guy was you know he had like the backdrop and first of all it looked like beautiful and i was like is that cleveland is that really cleveland because i don't recognize and he was like standing in front of a yacht which was like was probably like one yacht in, in cleveland on the lake and i'm like okay they really places this guy's freezing and then i see white things flying behind him 
And I'm like, that's too big to be snow. That's actually just trash floating around. Like, what is <laughs> happening right now? What? It's just like trash blowing around. I was like, oh man, there was hail. Yacht. There was not hail. Yeah. Well, yesterday bad. there was hail, and then like a week ago in Cleveland, we had hail that was like the size of golf balls. Like, I almost wanted to go out and like put something over my car because I thought I was gonna like come out and see like little like pellet holes in my car because the hail was huge so i mean i don't know it was nasty yeah no yesterday it was like little like baby hails but it was just weird to see it go from like snow to hail to rain and then like some sunshine and then like the wind came in so it was it was a weird day yesterday like i I just i had kind of had like a weird bad feeling like all day like i i wake up at 5 a.m on game days too so it just like i woke up and just something didn't feel right yeah, I kind of had the same feeling. Well, I wanted to wrap up the show this evening with just the schedule game. No. Because, Meredith, I have to see where we are. We are halfway through the season. How do we stack up to our preseason predictions? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, uh, not, I'm not undefeated anymore. Tragic. All right, so yesterday was what, week, week eight, right? Yes, yeah. Um, okay, so Bree, you had so one, two, three, four, five. So you had five and three. Yes. Brittany right had, on track. Brittany had six and two. Uh, and then I also had five and three. Well, we are meeting our expectations for the most part. Slightly <laughs> slightly below Brittany's. That's okay. I think she's probably still happy. That's crazy. The Browns are right, like going into a bye week like if this had been the case last year if the browns were over 500 going into the bye last year like people would have been building statues to Freddie kitchens we were coming off i think two and six off of that horrible denver loss remember yeah yeah was the face brandon does even is even in league anymore probably not Um, okay so i wanted to just give everyone a reminder in case we go on bye week next week which we might um, the next four games that we have coming out of the bye. So we have Houston at home, which, okay, I know everybody's saying the schedule gets easier, but Houston is not going to be a walk in the park. You think we can, no. we, we couldn't stop anything yesterday. You think you're going to be able to stop Deshaun Watson from running? Heck no. No. Philly at home, which, did you guys catch any of the I Monday refused. Night Football I dumpster fire? I refused to watch that game last night. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I was so spent and like i was just so mentally taxed when i got home from work yesterday i was like i couldn't do it especially like when i, I was like it's like how is this the sunday night football game like no i not. don't know if it was more entertaining or like less entertaining it, it was it was such a confusing game it was so bad like it was okay so it was, the, more, it was more entertaining than the browns game <laughs> if the browns lose to the eagles like that we we all have that one as a win on this schedule if the browns lose to the eagles Hit the panic button. I'm saying yeah. it right now. If, if the Browns, yes, that I am. I'm going to stick by that. You can call me out if I'm wrong. You can you can roast me on social media. I don't care. But I'm I'm gonna stand by this for now. They should saying, win that game. Yeah, saying if the Browns lose to the Eagles, it's time to panic. So then they have they're at Jacksonville, so they will be traveling, and then they are at Tennessee, Oof. which. That's going to be the rough. Bengals just beat Tennessee, which was really annoying to watch, by the way. Yeah, because the Titans so had been like the Titans had been relatively lights out almost the entire season, <laughs> yeah. minus their COVID weeks. But 
Um, but when they were playing, they were playing really, really well. Like their first loss was to the Steelers. So, and, yes, and that's... They lost to two, two, two AFC teams. And me- meanwhile, I mean, Derrick Henry, we'll have to have like five guys to try to tackle him. Oh my God. He is, he is the largest human being I have ever seen so in my entire life. He is massive. <laughs> he's huge like who's gonna tackle him who like he is no one i have to look at it but i I think he's like the same size maybe a little bit bigger than miles garrett like if you put the two of them next to each other they're pretty comparable in size god like miles needs to be 1000 percent healthy uh when the browns face the titans because he might be the only person who even has a chance to stop derrick henry I just, ugh. I just feel gross. Come going, <laughs> going into the oh, bye yeah, week. I'm really annoyed because, like, that, like Nashville is a terrible sports town. They don't deserve to have good sports teams. Makes yeah, me mad. <laughs> like they're a terrible sports town. I, I, I think live there. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Browns and Kevin Stefanski specifically coming out of the bye week, and I wonder if they will feel that because. You're halfway through the season. You want to see them improve. And as of right now, I haven't seen any improvement. So I think it's going to be really these these next four games are going to be really important in defining who they are. We're going to figure out very quickly who the Cleveland Browns are, because I'm not sure right now we know. Yes, we should be healthy, fairly healthy outside of obviously the players that are on IR and not coming back. But we should have majority of our offense back and the defense should be healed up so it's going to be pretty telling well no matter we shall see no matter what happens against the titans i hope the browns put up like 50 on them also i got tickets for the houston game so i will be there and if i have to sit there and watch them lose (laughs) you'll have to like let us know what your experience is like because i know that they've got like the pod thing and everyone has to wear a mask i'm curious as to like what the fan experience is now with covid regulations I am looking forward to that. I don't like crowds. Like, I like the energy of a sporting event. Like, I do like that feel of it. But, like, I'm going to be so happy to be socially distanced from people (laughs) and, like, just enjoy it in my own space without, Um, like, drunk people around me. I can't wait for that. And then, like, you know, piling out of the stadium, like, not having to fight with people. Like, this is how I want to experience (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Even after, and I think I've said this before, like, even after, like, the pandemic has settled down and everyone has a vaccine and, you know, cases are are down and we can get back to, like, what we we consider normal, I would like the six feet of separation to, like, stay a thing. And the mask. Especially during, like, then let's just always Dude. wear masks okay Same. so on sunday i was not aware of how cold it was going to be because the temperature actually dropped throughout the day so i left for work in like wearing normal fall clothes i had like a fleece and that was it and i was so cold but when i was leaving work and it was like 35 degrees and terrible i had my mask kept my face warm and it was wonderful yeah, like, yeah that's like, another, like just another advantage of the mask is it keeps your face warm also guys i was looking through my phone there to try and find something specific in my photo album i don't know what it was but i came across the pictures of all of my bruises when i fell down the escalator last year <laughs> at the browns game 
And I was like, you know what? I'm so happy that I'm not going to any Browns games this year. I just don't need any of that in my life anymore. I like sitting at home in the warm, nice and sober, not falling down escalators and losing my debit card. I just turn into an animal when I go to Browns games. So for me, as like it mental, it's good that I'm just not doing it this year. I'm happy. Although I did buy those orange pants, which I planned to wear to Browns games, and I can't do it. I can't do it. I haven't worn them since the first week. Yeah. I know. I know. Not a lot of use out of my Browns gear. Same. Like, I have nowhere to wear it to. <laughs> you better wear the orange pants. The grocery we'll see how, cold, we'll see how cold it is. That'll it'll all depend on the weather because I look like in a, I look, I just wear like the most hideous clothes because I just want to be warm. <laughs> My Sherpa garbage bag is usually what comes out. <laughs> See, that's why you always have to like invest in beanies for your favorite team. So it doesn't matter where you're wearing, like what you're wearing everywhere else. Like I've got like so many like Virginia Tech gloves, scarf, scarves, hats, just so I can wear whatever I want and then like still have like team gear showing and be warm. Yes. Yeah, I um I have this like snuggie pretty much. A br- I got a brown yes. snuggie like two yes. years ago. And it's the warmest thing ever. So that's what I will plan on wearing if it's cold again. So I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, you'll have to let us know about your fan experience after it happens. So I will. I will. It'll be fun. All right. Well, this was a good show. I feel in a much better mood coming off of yesterday after talking with you two ladies, as always. Yes um always thank you guys for joining um and listening to our show the girl gang clee votes early obviously will end um through tomorrow so we will be announcing a winner on that pretty soon so stay tuned and be on the lookout for that announcement come twitter um if you were playing with us in DraftKings fantasy i apologize we did not fill the league yesterday so you should have gotten your one dollar back but save that dollar I will set up a new contest in two weeks when the Browns face off against Houston. Um, and I'll get that sent out early. That What's that? It would have been bad. Have, yeah, it would have just been terrible. It would have been like salt on a wound. Yes, or yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. Yes. So I was actually happy that it did not go through yesterday. Same. I was like, you guys are all welcome because the lineup would have been horrendous. <laughs> it was. Um, don't forget to obviously download us and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And again, you can catch us live via Hot Mics, the app. If you don't have it, download it. We'll come at you live. You can chat with us in the chat box. It's been fun tonight. Thank you guys all for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. We might be on a bye week next week. We haven't decided. We'll see. We just need a mental an, break. Just keep an eye out for content. Keep an eye out. <laughs>